This is the Prestigious Initiative. Welcome. I'm Chris Bean, and here with me is Chris Kent. Hello, Mr. Kent. Hello, sir. Today we are excited to announce we have a special guest with us. We have Mr. Chris Longton. Hello, Mr. Longton. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Thanks good. for having me. Yes. So I guess today we can officially change the name of the podcast to the Chris Cubed <laughs> Podcast. We got all Chris's in the house. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. First time, first time for that. I guess we'll have to try to keep the theme too. We gotta find our next guest. Oh. Also has to be named Chris. And we'll just we'll bring everyone back too. So next time will be four Chris's. Oh, and then we'll do five. <laughs> I think we will quickly run out of space. <laughs> now nah, be fine. We will definitely have to get bigger. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll just uh, make sure our guests are spread out a huge amount so that when we do call them back, it you know maybe by that time we've we've grown and we have a bigger space uh, yes, allowed it to us. You could do some phone interviews and phone. Yeah, put huh? them all in. Yeah. <laughs> sure, we just get one microphone and pass it around the room. There you go. <laughs> I suppose we could do that. Yes. Uh, so today, I, I think we're, a good place to, to start with is, or to talk about, is burnout. And from time to time, everybody gets burned out. And I would have to imagine that everybody has some sort of way of interacting with burnout and what to do and how to interact with that. Maybe even some protocols that you do for a specific, if you're burnt out in a specific area. And today, I, I think I would like to kind of discuss what we do when we get burnt out or if we start to feel like we're getting burnt out and different protocols that we do in those instances. Are you trying to tell me you're already burnt out on our podcast? <laughs> I I am not yet burnt out on our podcast. <laughs> You've yep. got at least 500 more to go. Yeah, right. And this is this is our second podcast and we're still good. Second, well, not second, second episode, uh, second uh, thread, second thread. show. I don't second know what call show. It show. Yeah, second show. Second show is yeah. our second show and we're still good. Yeah. yeah. So far, so good. So far, so good. <laughs> you and I, Mr. Bean, we talked about this idea. Well, I guess we all kind of did. We all kind of threw the idea out. But when you first t- t- told me about it, my first thought was, I would say that there are d- typical ways I would deal with burnout once I notice it's happening. I think the first thing I said to you was the issue for me personally is getting to the point where I decide to take action. So, for example, you know, I could be burning out in the, in the, in the process of burning out or feeling like I'm getting more and more run down. And then I let that happen for a long time before I decide, okay, let me do the things that I know will get me out of this slump or help me with this burnout type of, of, of feeling. And so that was the first thing I kind of wrote to you is that at least personally, it, for me, it, it, I spent a long time in that burnt out area or uh, mindset before I do whatever it is that I know will help me get out of that slump. And so I didn't know if it was similar for you guys. If, if you, you notice it happening, you do something right away or you kind of exist in that for a little bit. And I don't even mean that in a bad way. I mean, I mean, at a certain point, I guess it could be bad if you just continue to feel like that always, but I, I, I don't know. I just, I guess that was my first question is, is, you know, do you try to remedy that feeling immediately or do you, does it take you a while to realize or to, find the motivation to do what you need to do to get out of it. Um, if that even makes sense. But that was the first thing that I, I had said to you when you brought up the topic. Sure. And so really you, you're saying that you realize that you're in it and you're, you live in it for a little while before you have a something before you, you climb out. Or, right. Or, yeah. It's not like I don't realize it. I, I get there. I realize, Oh, Hey, I'm kind of burned out of this. And then I just kind of exist like that for a little bit longer until I'm finally find the motivation or, you know, I'm struck suddenly with inspiration to do something about it. Um, but that tends to be my, my, my uh, pattern. I'm not saying I like that. 
obviously I'm the one who can change that, but that that's usually how I deal with it. Yes. Yeah. I think I have a hard time recognizing if it is burnout, you know, yeah, you do some things. Sometimes they're going to be tough. You know, you're, you go through it and I see a lot of teachers that have burned out, but they stick with it because now they're in it 20 some years and you know, that's, you're working towards your retirement and stuff like that. I've, I've rarely seen people that, that get out and they're 25 years and they're like, you know what, I, I can't do this anymore. And then they, it's tough to do, you know, but for me, I sometimes look at it like, okay, is, is it, am I just stale in what I'm doing? And it's, it's now bringing in the outside aspects of, you know, things dragging on me. And then is that why I'm starting to burn out? I, I really do have a hard time trying to decipher whether I'm burning out or I'm just, you know, kind of flatlined in, in what I'm doing right now. And and I think I can't speak for you guys, but, um, for art, I don't, I don't think I've ever burned out doing art. And I know you guys have been in karate a long time and I don't, I don't know if you've burned out in karate, but you, you keep doing it. So I, I would assume it's similar to me and art, you know, where I, I always feel like I love making it. I love doing it, you know? And, and so I try to use that as a reference to my other parts of my life. Am I burning out doing this? Am I burning out doing that? Um, but it is hard for me to, to decipher, you know, is this burnout or just me being boring and not, not advancing myself or something. And, and probably for you. And I would say for, for me is this way teaching karate is much different than doing it. And so I would imagine for you teaching art is much different than doing art or making art. And while you're teaching, you're probably not so much doing. Yeah. It, uh, I will say it has helped me with my art because it has kept me going. I don't know. I, and I guess I don't really have a reference. If I, if I wasn't teaching what I do art every day, which I pretty much do, you know, now, yeah, I don't, it's like bits and pieces. Cause usually I don't finish something. I usually, you know, we're doing, we're starting a project. I give examples, we, we get going. Um, and then I got my own side stuff I do. Um, so it's kept me, and it's actually, I've improved over the years as far as my art has gone. Um, just, I think from teaching, but it, you know, when you're, when you're doing the karate and yes, you, you kind of go through the motion sometimes of, I know how to do this. We, we just got to get them through this or whatever. So I lose a little bit, probably creativity sometimes, but I haven't, I've, I've been known to not have the same project over a couple of years. Like it goes maybe two, three, unless I really, really like it. And then it evolves to something else. And so that keeps it kind of fresh for me and the kids don't know because they weren't there last year. Right. So, yeah. right. Yeah. I know. I, at least personally, as far as the martial arts goes and doing karate, I'd, I've had ups and downs with it, becoming burnt out or uh, disinterested or more interested in other times. And I know, uh, Mr. Bean, like you said, uh, for me, for a long time there, we reached a point, or I'm not saying it's right, but there was a point in time where I wouldn't train in a class with other people, or I wasn't doing, I wasn't doing the, the martial arts of karate for myself. It was just going in every day and teaching and going in and teaching and teaching and teaching. And I was doing it because that was the job. And at that point in time, I was feeling burnt out on it because I wasn't doing it because I enjoyed it, which originally when I started training is because I, I enjoyed it. And I like doing martial arts. I like doing karate. I enjoyed doing it, but it, it, it turned from something that I enjoyed doing something I had to do. I never got that time to enjoy it and do it because I wanted to do it. So, you know, after doing that for a while, we, we started to have a class again where we would, you know, come together and we'd 
be like students again. We would do the moves together and we would, we would run through everything like we used to when we, you know, started and we enjoyed doing it. And that definitely helped me at that point in time to become remotivated or to, um, you know, to fall in love with it again, almost because I wasn't doing it because I had to, I then got to do it because I wanted to. And I was still teaching, you know, during the week, but I still had that time where I could interact with it. And from a place of, you know, this is something I want to do. I want to spend my time and I get to do this class rather than I have to be here. And I'm doing this because it's my job. Um, so kind of along the same lines of that is, you know, I didn't have that for a while and I was feeling burnt out, but then I got to interact with it in a way that I, I chose to and wanted to. And that helped kind of alleviate some of that feeling. So I kind of know what that's like, what that's coming from. For me, I don't know that I've got burnt out teaching or doing. And I, I think that for me, part of teaching, I mean, I guess I could see where that could happen, but for me, I, I part of teaching is, is, one, you get to share the information with them, but I try to bring it down and, and almost break apart the things that I'm teaching in such a way that I am interacting with the, the small little por- portions of it and then delivering those to people. And then I'm kind of, we talk about iterative testing. And so we're, we're consistently changing and not maybe consistently changing isn't the right term, but improving upon what we did last three months or next three months are going to be a little bit different and so on and so on, all with the mindset of improving and changing and tweaking. And so, yeah, we're doing the same ish stuff every single day and, and it is mostly the same. It might be 5% different or 0.5% different, but that little bit of differentness to me, I'm looking for that feedback on how that difference interacts and how that different affects the people that we're, that we're interacting with. And then I like to, not that I'm tracking those things, but I use that as, um, uh, in, uh, ongoing motivation to see the responses from that little bit of change that happens. I well, I think you know you you guys have a set like the form has to be this way or you know, but it, it looks to me when I've been in the the studio, um, you try to find creative ways to still incorporate those things and keep the kids interested or adults interested. Um, with different activities that involve those same skills, which is helps us not burn out and helps them not lose interest so that they don't burn out. You know, sometimes, I mean, sometimes you got to do the same thing. You got to do, it's just routine. You got to, it's got to be this way. It's got to be this way. And then, you know, mixing it up, especially for me, even like in soccer, I try not to do the same drill over and over and over again, but we will do the same technique in 10, 15 different drills and some of that's for the girls and some of that's for me because it just gets stale after a while, you know. And I guess kind of the nice thing about us is we have so many different belts. And so we're, we can switch what belt we're teaching or, or, or interacting with uh, and, you know, on a given day or quarter or week or whatever. Um, and that helps that, I mean, you're not necessarily doing brand new stuff. You're just doing it with different people and a different type of, it just, it does change. I would say that changes it enough, at least for me, that you know, it's not so much of a big deal getting burnt out at work. Um, well, yeah. And, and like you said, Mr. Longton, there's, we, we work on the same thing, a variety of different ways, which I, you know, not only helps us, but helps the students because you have to think about a, a seven year old kid. If you working on the same move for 45 minutes, you're going to lose them after 10 at most, but doing the same text type of skill or the same type of, uh, uh, you know, Working on the same mechanic in different ways, if you switch it up every 
so often you're going to keep them for longer. And then you just keep doing that on different levels between the different skills, the different activities and different belts and everything. Like, like you said, Mr. Bean doing all different things, at different levels. That's a surefire way to keep it kind of mixed up here and there. And, you know, at, we're talking mostly so far about burnout for ourselves, but in the positions we're all in where we're working with other people, it's important to keep them in mind too, so that they don't burn out, which I think can be kind of, I mean, if you're not conscious of it, it can kind of slip past you because it really, it really can. You, you sometimes feel like it's, you're in it deep and you're like, how did I get here? But it may be, you know, a combination of months of, or years of just wearing on you and you're not really, you just, I can handle this. I can handle this. And then you get to a point. I mean, I've, there was a teacher recently, he's just not happy about what he's doing right now. And some of that is him and some of that is what's going on in, in the school. But it, it really, like you said, it could slip past you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and being conscious of that for ourselves, but then also aware of the positions we're in for our students too, and being aware of that and trying to mitigate that as much as possible. Because, you know, us at a, a, for, at a certain degree for us, we can power through it. We can make it through it. You know, we're like, hey, you know, I've done this before, or, you know, if I just do this and be done with it, then whatever. But it's probably a different perspective for our students. And so we're to keep them in mind too, which is important talking about this, not only for ourselves, but for the people we interact with as well. So I guess back to your original question, you said, do you know, your question was, do you live in the burnout phase for, you know, X amount of time before you climb out? Um, I would say for me, a big part of it is now establishing that maybe I'm starting to get burnt out or feeling burnt out because I have certainly been burnt out before and just lived in it. And I knew, I knew, you know, whatever it was, I'm hitting the snooze button over and over and over and over and over again. I, I, I can't, I can't bring myself to get out until, okay, now I have to, now I'm late and it's a whole, so, and I've done that for the times before and, and lived in that for a while. I obviously know that that's not the efficient way to be or the, the, the best way to do that. But figuring out what to do to to climb out now what i'm trying to do is to recognize that those things are are coming like what are the what what i mean would you say that you have kind of uh red flags that start to pop up as you're getting burnt out yeah absolutely and and what are what are some of those things that you would notice i think uh for myself one of the main things is um not looking forward to or kind of dreading doing X, Y, or Z thing. I mean, I, I, I've been teaching for a while and also have other jobs. And most recently my other job, I, I would wake up and then just be miserable thinking about going to that job. So that's the number one red flag where I'm like, I'm not even there and I'm already in, in a bad mood about it. Um, and then just like, you know, being there and thinking, Oh, well, I hate this or I don't like this thing or, this thing annoys me or this person like just choosing more and more negative things when I am there on top of not even looking forward to being there in the first place. I say where the two main red flags is just the disinterest or the disdain for the activity or the job. Um, usually are the first two indicators for me of like, okay, something's happening because it's not like I, I, you know, have always disliked X, Y, or Z thing. There are times when I, I love it and I really enjoy it. So the fact that it went from one to the other, I think, is a big indicator. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, there was a point where I was coaching, and it was it was a lot. There was 
a point where I took four years off and then I was lucky enough the job opened up again and I, I came back to it. But before that, um, you know, the parents were a little rough. The par- the players weren't necessarily, um, you know, as dedicated as they should or they were, you know, you, you had to manage them. And then, of course, you got two little kids. And, and so there was a lot of things building up there. So I, I think back to that of like, was I, was I burned out? Or was it just so much stress that I had to reduce some of that? I mean, I guess Carrie Ann ended up having to work. And so I had to take the kids. And so it was just, that was my out, I guess, you know, and, and I look back at it like, okay, was, I still deal with that same stuff now. And my, I'm, I don't feel burned out of that. It, it, you know, it wears on you after a while. So I don't know if that was whether I couldn't handle the stress or, or they, I was getting burned out after so many years of the same thing over and over again happening. And it's just like, you know what, I think I'm done. And I walked away from it and I don't know if I was necessarily happy several years after that, um, because I do enjoy coaching and I, I love that part of my life. So that's where I, I have a hard time distinguishing the, you know, is it just the stress piling on? That's probably why I mentioned that the, uh, the other day is, or deciding if, man, this is, I got to go in a different route or I got to do something different because I'm burned out. So that's where I have a hard time just distinguishing between some of those things. Sure. For me, you talked about kind of almost mentally checking out. You didn't necessarily use those words, but for me, that's one of mine is I, if I'm doing whatever the activity is and, and I get done and I don't remember any of what I was doing, then, I, okay, that's a, that's a, a signal. That's an identifier for me. Hey, something's going on, you know, what, check on this. Um, if I'm doing it and going through the motions would be, you know, it would be the other kind of way to explain that, which perhaps sometimes are, are different. You know, sometimes you can do something and go through the motions, but you're f- paying attention to what's going on, or you could do something and, and, you know, not go through the motion, do it wholeheartedly, but also, you know, mentally check out for it as well. Um, you know, those would be something for me. Another one is, you know, like you said, like a, not a regret, but a, uh, uh, anticipation of it happening. And you're like, man, I don't, I don't want to do this. This is, this is miserable. I know. And in your head, you're running through all of the things that can go wrong and you're, you're just in a negative state. Then you show up to do whatever it is and it goes poorly probably because you have all those negative things going on in your head. And so perhaps that's a self-fulfilling cycle, unfortunately. Um, but those would be, you know, some of my identifiers. Yeah. And you know, I, everyone can have a bad day. There's bad days that just happen. But when that bad day becomes every single day, I think, again, that's another indicator of, hey, something bigger is going on here. And you know, we're not saying you have to enjoy every single day. And I was thinking while we were talking, I think we're all kind of lucky that we're able to do something that we do enjoy, um, at least on a certain level. I mean, I know you and I love doing martial arts and it sounds like you love art. Um, and we're able to do that in a different capacity. So I don't want it to sound like we're just complaining, but it's something that everyone goes through. You know, I'm, I know there's people that wake up every day and do jobs that they absolutely hate because they have to, to provide for their family. And I respect that so much. We're just lucky that we have positions where we get to work and do things that we enjoy for our work too. So, so I guess I just maybe want to make that, that disclaimer or caveat is like, I'm not, I don't want us to sound like we're entitled or just little whiny little babies over here. But I mean, I think everyone deals with it and we just happen to be in, in that lucky position, but we still deal with that, with that too. Right. And, and you know, fair enough for that. And I think that you hit on the point, like if what you're doing is worth it to you based on the money that you get from doing it, if that's a, if that's a, 
a worthwhile trade-off for you, okay, then fair enough. But if what you're doing is miserable and you continue to do it over and over again and the trade-off is poor as well, you you know, you're not getting paid well, you're, you're missing time with your family or, or whatever, XYZ, ABC, whatever it is, then perhaps that would be the time to, to switch something out. But if you hate what you're doing and you're getting paid well for it and that the pay is, if it outweighs it for you, okay, then that's, it outweighs it for you. You have to make that own, you know, your own choice for that. You know, I look at some of my older relatives, you know, who are in their seventies and eighties now. And, and I look back at their lives of, okay, you know, a lot of times we start jobs because we want a little cash and we want to be able to pay for this and we want to do that. And some of those things turn into your career, you know, you're going to, you're going to be with, uh, I have tons of relatives that have done things like that. And, and I look at them and I, I think, okay, were they, were they doing what they love to do or were they doing it because, you know, they did love it and now they're, they're in it and it's, they're making a good living. And I, and I think a lot of them were happy with what they were doing. Um, and I look at it and my point of view of, I, I couldn't do a factory job for 35 years. I mean, I could, but I don't think I would be happy doing a factory job for 35 years. And some of those are like, Hey, I got a, I got a nice bit. I got healthcare. I can do this. I can provide for my family. This makes me happy. I get, I get vacation time and, and I think that's awesome that, that they chose a path that, and you know, for those like my dad's like that, he shows up to work. He knows exactly what he's going to be doing every single day. It's always the same. And I, I think part of that, that consistency of, of knowing what to expect at work is, I mean, any one of us, we go to work and, and our job could be vastly different on, on any given day, depending on who's there or, you know, how, you know, how they, how, whatever they experience through the day, because we, we're all interacting with other people. Um, but, like for a factory worker, they go to go to work. My dad jokes; he pushes a little green button. That's that's, that's his job, and he, that's you know having that kind of repetition. And, and we need people in factories doing those type of jobs. Well, I've never heard your dad complain about no his, right? his job once. I've met him a bunch of times, right. you know. And you know, my father in law he worked uh, for Granger, and he did uh, you know a fork. He worked on forklifts and things like that, but he provided well for his family and now he's retired in Florida and having a good time. And, and I, I see kids now in my classroom that there's kids that need that, like more, more kids probably than I've ever seen where they're like, I just kind of want to be told what to do and I'll do it. And I, I'm happy with that, you know? And for us, I think we're, we've got a little bit more of a creative mind of, we want to, you know, we want to do some things that are going to push us, you know, in my classroom, the kids are always like, man, you're so good at that. Well, I've just drawn this thing we're drawing here a hundred times just this week, you know? So, you know, you can't be good at it with just doing it twice. I've been doing it since I was five, you know? And so, but I like that part and I like the change and I like the thinking about it. And some people just like to go and, you know, they'll, I do they dread it sometimes? Like we all do. Yeah. You, like you said, there's classes that I've like, Oh boy, this, this, I got this class today and it's going to be rough, but you know, it doesn't last forever which is I try to put that stuff in my head and, and then I, I try to approach it with, you know, this is what I want to try to accomplish and they don't want to be part of that. And I think that's where like my father-in-law and your dad are like, you know what? I want to be able to do this and pay off the house and all kinds of stuff. And everybody's got different goals and you, you would hope somebody just doesn't do it just because oh, this is all I could do and, and things like that. But there are people like that, you know, and, and they get and, burned out. And, and, and you know, again, People that have those jobs that are doing those repetition things, uh, monotony, we need that. 
we need people that can do those jobs because, you know, if we had everybody that was doing other things and not working in factories, making the things that everybody needs to use and have, and we would, it would be a bad deal. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you brought it up too, but they, you know, they have different values or different goals for their lives too, where, you know, we talked previously on this podcast, even alone, you know, we all look at things differently. And so for your dad pushing that green button every day and, and doing that job, he's fulfilled and it gets him the things that he wants and he enjoys it and, and he's happy. And who am I to look at him and say, Hey, you know, you should do something different because all you do is push a green button all day long. To your point, he's an interesting to, dude to talk to. Like sure. I love having conversations. Yeah, with him, you right? know? Yeah. But you know, he's, he's doing the things that are important to him and that job fulfills what he wants and, and he gets what he needs from it and he's happy about it. And who am I to say, Hey, you should do something else because of X, Y, or Z reason. If he's happy, then he's happy. Good for him. Awesome. So when I first started teaching, uh, I, you know, I started, I got hired in July in August. I could go and start working on my room. Then there was a teacher who was, he probably retired a year or two after I started. So you're looking at 35, 40 years. He's been doing this job, his classroom. He was at the copier every time I went in there and just making reams of, of copies. So he had a probably 20 foot long two shelf bookshelf behind his desk. And every time I'd go by that room, the copies would start filling, you know, from left to right, all the way down. He made all his entire copies for the year. Now, is that someone who was burned out or that's just how he did it for 30 years and that's how he was going to do it? And I mean, I still remember going on a field trip with him first time ever on a field trip with a bunch of kids to Chicago and he's sitting in the front reading the paper and I'm like looking around like we got to watch these kids, like, <laughs> you know, was he that comfortable? Was he happy? Like, I don't, I mean, his wife taught in the same district. They both retired at the same time. Uh, I don't, I don't think I could just be like, all right, here's our copy for today. And then he teaches it and then they would do the copy and, and then you could slowly see the copies disappear by the end of the year. And I, I, so I think there's a couple, couple kind of cool things from that story. Number one, I think probably using the copy machine on the first day or the first couple days of school, you might get the best version of that copy machine. <laughs> and you don't have to compete with 50 other people. Yes. And <laughs> secondly is, then he never has to run and make a copy. I mean, maybe, you know, on the off chance, but he never has to run and make a copy like under stress or whatever, because he has to have, it's already done. And then on top of that, because he has that there, on, uh, you know, in that area behind his desk, he can use that as like a, almost like a progress throughout the year and say, okay, this is, you know, getting down and okay, just got this one little section left. And so that might be like a, a interesting way for him to see like, okay, like, visually see how much time in school or how much work the kids have or whatever left. Um, I, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> and I think too, I mean, you know, it, it, the question that you kind of asked was, is he burned out or is that just how he operates? You know? And I think that's, you know, does he, him making all the copies and trying to do the quote unquote least amount of work and then being on the bus, just reading the paper, not really paying attention. Is that because he doesn't care about what he's doing or is it because he's done it for so long, he knows what he has to do and he's enjoying the process that he's been doing for so long? So it's interesting too, you know, not that we can or we even would want to, but to sit down with him and say, hey, what is your thought process behind that? And his answer being, oh, well, I know how this works and so I'm doing the you know, the most efficient way or doing the things I have to do and I enjoy it. Or 
man, I just didn't care. I just wanted to, you know, get all this stuff done and put my time in and, and finish, which to bring it back to the, the burnout conversation, I think is interesting perspective as well on top of what you said too, Mr. Bean. So, so what are we, what are some things that we do to climb out of the burnout rut or hole or cave that we're in some from time to time? I do a lot of, uh, <laughs> you know, if it, if it gets to a point where, okay, this is, this is, this is getting rough. You know, we, we joke a lot of times at work like, Oh, I got seven more years or something like that, you know? Um, and sometimes they're not jokes, but, uh, you, we look at that as our gauge of, am I going to make it to seven more years or something like that? And for me, it is definitely variety keeps me going. So if I'm like right now, we're, we're, we'll be starting our season soon here, Monday, and I will be go, go, go. That really is how I live my life, you know, and things come up, I got to adjust and keep going. I think if I did the, you know, the year long copies, I would, I wouldn't be there anymore, you know, but that's not, I mean, that's not saying he's wrong, you know, that's, this works and I'm going to stick with it. And, and that's what I'm going to do. And for me, I like the variety. If the, if the computers don't work in my room, we adjust, but that, that change of pace and I like the problem solving, a lot of that helps me get out of sometimes that phone come in. But you are, I would say the type of person that can kind of take whatever cards you're dealt with and just kind of go as opposed to, you know, you go to, to, to the classroom that day and the computers don't work and then, you know, him and Han and being mad and not, you know, not being able to move after that. Yeah. I think I might've been that way a while back, you know, maybe 20 years ago or so of oh, why is this happening and blame and blame and blame. And, and I, I mean, there's, there's things to blame. There's always things to blame. Um, but it doesn't really fix the problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I'm grinning over here as you're talking because I feel like I'm, pretty much the exact opposite. When I get into those burnout, Mr. Bean's laughing because he knows, when I get into those burnout type phases, I I try to create or fall back onto some sort of routine. I want everything to be the same and consistent. And that routine and that that familiarity and that, that can, I don't I would say conformity, I guess, but that usually helps bring me back is just doing the same thing and everything being the same. And I hate when things change. I hate it. I it makes me so upset. So I'm over here laughing because you're talking about the creativity and the challenges and I'm over here like, Oh man, that would make me so much more upset. So <laughs> and for me, you know, when I'm feeling that way, I try to create, or like I said, fall back onto a routine and stick to that. And we'll let that slowly bring life back into, to what I'm doing. So, so that's what you do. If you get burnt out, you have a routine that you would follow to kind of crawl out. Yes, sir. Can yeah. you, can you share with, with our listeners? What sure. Are, what? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, well, related to, to martial arts, sometimes, you know, going in all the time is, is tough. And if I find myself not looking forward to it or dreading it, I'll fall back into, into a routine. So, you know, every day at such and such a clock, I'll get ready, you know, I'll get dressed, I'll have some food, I'll make a drink, you know, on my way to prepare to go in, I get myself some water, I get myself, uh, you know, a coffee, uh, I'll get myself like a, 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 some other, you know, I'll get myself some drinks. It sounds silly, but I, I get the three drinks and I bring those drinks with me. And, you know, same time every day, get ready, bring the same things every day. Don't eat the same thing every day, but I eat the same time. I go there, I go in, change, prepare, look at this, blah, 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 and just try to stick to everything kind of the same way. And, and I think 
I mentioned so much, so much of that stuff beforehand because, I mean, when I get there, there are things, certain things I can't control. I can't always make sure that I stick to the same routine when I'm actually at work. Before work, I can do the same thing, get ready at the same time, you know, uh, prepare myself the same way and get ready to go in there. And on top of that, too, I was talking earlier about not looking forward to something or dreading something when you are there. Um, it's, that, it's that subtle change, almost cliche thing of like, you know, looking for the good rather than going there and be like, oh, this sucks or I hate this and this is bad. When you're there looking for the good things and trying to enjoy yourself, I think also is a part of that too. And not being like, okay, let me try to find whatever makes me mad today. Like, oh, well, let me try to find something to laugh about or something that I enjoy. And let me try to remember that I do get to do this job that I, I, I love doing. And so a lot of that routine mixed in with trying to be more positive Again, sounds kind of cliche just to have a positive mindset, but it it it, it works a lot. Uh, and then you know, at the end of the day, going home, uh, you know, having something to eat, winding down, read, get get ready for bed, and just try to do that same thing every day, plan for the next day, everything like that. And we've talked on the podcast previously about our routines and and habits and stuff like that. And so falling back on some of those things um, is is like the the, the routine or the 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 structure that I try to fall back on, if that makes sense. I know I just kind of threw it all out there, but I mean, as as consistent as I can from day to day, I'll make the routine the same. So for me, um, my, uh, kind of opposite to that, like I said, you know, I, if I had a problem hitting the snooze too many times, um, what I have done is tried changing something. So I need to not hit the snooze so many times. So I would get up and, and I would almost, for lack of a better term, I would reprimand myself for doing that. And so I would change something. I'd get up and, and you know, normally I'd get up, I'd take a shower. I would take a cold shower or at least have a, a you know, from hot to cold portion of that as opposed to, uh, you know, as a, a way to kind of reset my brain and say, okay, because I've been snoozing for so long, I'm going to do this to kind of wake myself out of that and sort of to say to reprimand myself for having done that for however long. And then once I get out of the funk or out of the, you know, the burnout, once I crawl out of the cave, then I can go back to, you know, having a normal standard, whatever. It's funny you say that. I Very often when I'm, I feel that burnout or I act a certain way and I try to get back to the routine, I tell myself uh, that it's a form of penance. And penance is, you know, voluntary self-punishment inflicted on yourself for an hour or expression of repentance. Um, so it's kind of funny that you may mention that too. You kind of punish yourself. I, I don't want to sound like masochistic even, but it is kind of like, Hey, I've been behaving or not doing things that I, I, I like, or I'm proud of or the way that I want. So I'm going to punish myself by forcing myself to follow this routine or forcing myself to, to do these things as an act of I don't know, trying to make up for it. Well, and see, there's kind of two parts to that is one, yes, I am doing that. But the other part of that is when I know that I'm back out of the burnout cave, then I can kind of reward myself, quote unquote, by going back to normal and not having to experience the cold shower, you know, not that I'm putting glass in my shoes, but, you know, <laughs> um, deep cut, uh, what is that? Uh, moon, moon night. night. Yes, uh, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I'm not necessarily, you know, rewarding myself, but I'm just going back to normal because I'm out of that penance. Um, and I, when I'm in those times, I just try to change something, find something to change and focus on that change. And hopefully that will help to, you know, get me out. But I often kind of link that with some sort of penance to kind of pay for 
the time that I spent doing that, whatever it was that I shouldn't have been doing. And then when I can go back to normal, I'm like, yeah, it's okay. I'm, I'm done with that. Great. And then in the back of my head, I know if I start to fall back into that burnout period again, I know what the kind of protocol is. Okay. If I hit snooze then I got to go back to cold showers and I do not like cold shower at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's very helpful for your body. That's, that's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, both of you guys, you, you go inward first, you know, and okay, so this is burnout. Um, but, and, and I, I do the same thing, you know, I, maybe I don't change. I, I do have routines and, and not as precise maybe, but like, I'm the guy that's there every day at 6am. I'm the only guy there at 6am, but that's when I, that's my routine, you know? Uh, and, and COVID when we had to teach at home or we could go into the school, but we necessarily didn't have kids. I stuck to the same plan. You know, I got up, I, you know, I made tea if I had to, but my drink changed, my breakfast changed. I, I just tried to keep it pretty normal to what I would do. Uh, but when you guys are looking to change, you're right. I look at what, okay, what, what is happening? Why, why is this happening? And I go inward as well, but some people don't do that. They, they go to the outside world of why is this happening to me? Is this why I'm, I'm burned out? Is this person treating me this way? Is this job treating me this way? And I thought it was interesting. You guys go inward, which is, is really probably the way to go first is to see what's happening with you and then fix, fix any of that and change. You know, I, I definitely, okay. I'm, I've been cranky all week. I got too much caffeine going on or something, you know, this is not helping my cause at all. And then change little things here and there. I don't, if it's a drastic change there, it, you know, it's had to have been going on for months. And, and then I finally recognized that it's something I got to do. Um, do you guys have any like feelings for the outside world that like, uh, I mean, we can't change the outside world, but we can change how we deal with them. You know, does the, does that happen in you guys' lives? You, you said it and I, I'm just going to reiterate it is finding something good, finding the good as opposed to finding the bad. And, and, you know, our brains are really created to do the things that we ask it to do. If you tell it to look for the good things, you're more likely to find the good things. You tell it to look for negative, you're going to find the negative. And so if you just have that kind of small, seemingly small mindset shift to look for the good things as opposed to the negative things, you will find the good things and that will tend to put you on a, on a better path. And so, you know, I'm sure part of my protocol that I'm not thinking about my resetting that to instead of seeing the negative things to see the positive things. And that kind of goes along with trying to not be burnt out or to have that kind of outward um, change, so to say. Yeah. And I think, I think part of the reason I would rather do something about myself is because, you know, it's that, that idea that, I can't control other people or other things necessarily, but I can control the way I interact with them. So I can be mad about X, Y, or Z person doing such a thing, or I can be mad that this is such a way, or I can say, hey, I can't control them. I can control the way I interact with that person. Or I can control the way I view this thing. I can't necessarily change that thing. And so rather than hemming and hawing forever about something else that I can't do anything about, I mean, yeah, I maybe recognize, hey, this sucks. I don't like this but I can't change it. So let me change the, the way I, I deal with it or the way that I view it because I can control myself even if I can't control the other thing too. So it's not that I don't think about the outward. I just know that it's not always in my control. So I try to do something that I can control to to kind of uh, deal with how I interact with that, that thing on the outside. 
I think that's how, like when I talked about coaching and then taking some time off, uh, I removed a lot of the outward in that process. And it just happened to be part of it, you know, that these things went away. I don't know if it necessarily changed how I felt. I mean, it did, but I then, but it took away the one thing I, I enjoyed doing in that process, you know, so those are things you got away when, when you remove things from your life as well. And it's, it's not easy to do, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that I, I, people say, quote unquote, to work on yourself because it can be a lot of work or work on whatever it is. And, you know, the key, key word there being work is that it's not like, Hey, you remove that one thing and everything's better. Like you said, you move that one thing. There are some outward structures are gone, but then you also are missing that thing, which could have been doing other things here and there. So, I mean, sometimes burnout and stress, you know, maybe a break can be a good thing. Um, but I mean, there's also a downside to a break because you could quit and never go back to it or, you know, it just, it, it, it's difficult. So, you know, that's why, I mean, I've, I've taken breaks from martial arts. I've taken time where I haven't been there at all, or I've been there a lot less than I was before. Um, but I always come back to it because I enjoy it. So I don't know. I'm not trying to say that, you know, if something bothers you, you're having stress or you burn out on something, then just quit and be done. Sometimes that might be the case, but sometimes a break could be helpful or sometimes you just got to power through. It, it just depends. You know, I, I, there's no right or wrong answer for every situation, but, uh, you know, it, it does require work sometimes to not only figure out what the issue is, figure out what you can do about it or figure out a way to make it work. You know, we were talking about, uh, you know, like you were, you were mentioning at one point in time, you, you were working the job and then you, you, you had to deal with your kids and then your wife was, was working. And so the point the, the, at that point in time, it was just time for you to take a step back. And sometimes it's just a matter of figuring out how everything can all work together. Cause you don't have just that one thing. You have the one thing and then the other two things that are part of your life. And then the three things that are going on in this other part of your life. And then the, the four hobbies that you want to keep up at the same time too. So just trying to figure, figure out how to make everything work. Uh, can take some actual work to figure out how it's all going to fit together too. Yeah. I think that kind of hits home that part of what some people might interact with as burnout is actually just work. And it's just part of, part of life and how process, whatever, if it's your day job, it's, if it's whatever is going on, part of, you know, people are, Oh, I'm so burnt out. I'm so stressed. Okay. But really it's just, you, maybe you just need to find a better way to interact with your surroundings, whether that's at home or at work or whatever it is. And I think, you know, part of that is finding little things along the way or little things that are within your control that either you can change or that you can start to enjoy, even if it's just that, that, you know, the cup of coffee that you get to have, you know, in the morning, whatever it is, um, to have those little things that either, again, that you can change or do something about or that you can find value and 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 comfort or joy or happiness in doing, whether if it's just one or two things that give you something to look forward to on whatever the given day is. You know, I think it's hard to say, you know, what everybody is going through, but sometimes burnout is not necessarily burnt out or stress isn't necessarily stress. It's just that's how life is. And and unfortunately you can't really change those things per se. And so find if there's some small things, some small steps that you can do to, to take to change, do that. If not, look for some good things, some things that you do like or value in your day and, and find value in those things. 
Okay. Well, I suppose that that's a, a good enough place to stop for today. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to to add for today? Well, oh, sir. Thanks for having me here. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Is yeah, that's pretty cool. Our first guest on this podcast. So my first podcast and your first podcast. Look at that. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Until next time, take initiative.